In a world gone mad, only rationality and common sense can save it. It's Andrew and Jerry Save the World with your hosts, Andrew Langer and Jerry Rogers. And now, here's Andrew and Jerry. Well, welcome everybody to episode 41 of Andrew and Jerry Save the World. Episode 41, Andrew and Jerry get in the Christmas spirit. I am Andrew Langer. I'm uh, Santa Jerry. <laughs> Santa Jerry. I, I appreciate that, Jerry. So we- I'm thinking about my wife said no, but I was going to go to the store today and get and dye my beard perfectly white. <laughs> and Erica said, don't do it. No, no. Well, then, then it would be very jarring once you go back. Would you dye it back or would you just sort of let it? Let I just it let it go out. back to yeah, because it, it's Your a mix of it, it's it's black and gray now. And it, to be honest with you, depending upon the length of it, it looks more black and more or more gray depending upon how I how how close I keep it or how I shape it. Sure, it's, it's, it's weird. Yeah, the longer it goes, the more white it will look. I guess that's what it is. Yeah, yeah I would I would think so. Uh, uh, I I wanted to start off, Jerry. I heard a and actually this is a good theme. Lots of conversations. I had uh, I had uh, lunch yesterday with. Uh, two political science professors that I worked with and and learned under, and one of them has been a, a good mentor to me. Uh, I had lunch with another alumnus yesterday, and the the there was a phrase passed which I thought was brilliant, and I've I've I'd never heard it before. No matter how thin the pancake, it always has two sides. Interesting. Right. I mean, I, I, I sat that then maybe I should have saved that for the end of the show today, but it actually gets into some of what we're going to be talking about with some of the news stories we're going to be chatting about today, because there is a lot going on. But Jerry and I have an overarching question about uh, about how the 24 hour news cycle is impacting what makes something newsworthy or not newsworthy. And it gets into another topic of conversation that Jerry and I have talked about, which is Folks, and this is not just uh, um, this is not just limited to journalism, but folks not willing to put in the hard work of doing the work. It actually goes into the the crazy story of uh, Trump and Kanye West and Milo Yiannopoulos and um, uh, Nick Fuentes last week. Um, Nick and, Fuentes, and, yes, uh, but which we don't really need to get into. I think that story has been you know beaten like a rented mule. Uh, another great phrase that I that I've now heard in the last couple of days. Uh, how was your Thanksgiving, Jerry? It was wonderful. We had a we had a, a great time. I love Thanksgiving. I love the day after Thanksgiving. I like uh, people in and out. I like the conversations. I like that we uh, lay around and talk. Uh, Thanksgiving and post Thanksgiving uh, Friday uh, are all about in my house anyway. It's about conversations and books and words and. And yeah, you know, the old kind of movies where we will put on we'll put on some classics and that sort of thing. But it really does um it really does uh revolve around conversations. And I think that's lost. I think that I think that one of the one of the um byproducts of social media and and ubiquitous phones and and all of this uh means we talk less. We we don't have in-depth conversations any longer. And uh for for us, Thanksgiving's a throwback to let's actually talk. Yeah, no, I I, th- I think that's true. We wound up and the food had, and the food was fantastic. Yeah, we had sixteen people in the house. I cooked way too much food. Um, 
but I don't I don't believe in that, by the way. I don't believe that you could cook too much too much food. Oh no, this was this was a lot of food. I mean it was it was you know the the, the problem comes in where well, how long's your how 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 long is your leftover time frame? Um well, I like to I five days for the most part. All right, that's uh, that's reasonable. Sure. Yeah. Okay, I got um, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, three to five days. Of, three to five had, days. We had, we had taken it, but we actually, it's funny because we parsed out enough turkey that we really didn't have a whole bunch of leftover turkey. Well, how, how big was your turkey? How many pounds? So we did a 22 pounder. Um, that's, but, I mean, that's, again, in my mind, we had eight people and Erica had an 18 pound turkey. All right. So we had, we had 16 people. We had an eight pound turkey and then I made an extra set of turkey thighs and an extra. Oh, so you made some extra turkey, turkey, turkey breasts too. Yeah. All right. All right. And, and, you didn't say um, that. You best, didn't say that. Then, best part of the evening was, uh, was <laughs> breaking out because I, I, I cooked the, uh, the turkey parts un, in, in, on the rack underneath where the main bird was and they didn't get quite as much color as the main bird did. Uh, so I wound up pulling out the blowtorch. And and uh, oh and goodness. adding a little a little crispiness to the uh, the skin of the the breast and the and the thigh meat. No, we had we had a, a great group of people. Uh, one of my mom's best friends from when she was working in New York City forty years ago came down for the week, and then my brother in law's brother, so my wife's sister's husband's brother, uh, came in, and he had really only met us. They met us, me and Jan, and the girls maybe once or twice. Hadn't met any of the rest of the family, and he he fit right in. It was a a fun day, uh, lots and lots of talking, um, and and just yeah, just a good time was had by all. Jerry and I had we were we going to do a show right before Thanksgiving. Unfortunately, Jerry was sick. He's now I finally got, getting I over got, his illness. Yeah, I, I tell you, I I I um I haven't been sick for a while, um, and I was so sick that I had to cancel a radio show. Yes. You know, and that, which I've never done before yeah. in, you know, in years and years, but I had to call the station the, the, the day before I was due to be on and be like, it wasn't my Sunday show it was a, I was filling in during the week. I was during like, you know week. what? I can't breathe. I don't know what's wrong. I can't, I, you know, it was, uh, I had aches and pains. It was the but flu. It, la- it was this flu that's going it on. It was, but it lasted, Andrew, I want to say for two weeks. I No, I think I, I, I certainly think it was. I mean, yeah. yeah. So had we, had we not done the show, maybe we'll do this towards the end. Um, cause we were, ta- cause I want to roll this into sort of other holiday memories, you know, Christmas sure. holiday memories, but Jerry and I were going to talk about those, those sort of Thanksgiving traditions. Uh, one of which, uh, Jerry and I both shared, which is watching, uh, classic universal movies on channel nine, yeah. W O R in New York, uh, growing up, but there is other stuff that's happening in the world. Um, and, and I want to start here. Jerry, this respect for marriage law. I know you've read it. I know you have a, a, a this. This is this is serious stuff here, or or is it right? Because there are two sides to this, and it's one of those classic dichotomies now, where um, the traditional social conservatives are talking about it in one way. Our small L libertarian friends are talking about it in an entirely different way. There are some real dangers here to faith based organizations, are there not? Well, absolutely. I mean, the bill as written, um, depending upon, you know, legal action lawsuits, uh, churches can lose their tax exempt status. Uh, uh, parachurch groups, you know, Christian organizations, healthcare organizations uh, um, and, and other nonprofits uh, could uh, lose licensings, uh, license licenses and and the ability to get a license. They could lose their nonprofit status, uh, tax exempt status. Uh, it's it's all right there. And here's the thing. 
we could talk about it, but it's going to play out. And just remember this day, this podcast, yeah. and we'll come back and say, look, this is why this is happening. And what's most concerning to me is that it could have been fixed. Yes. Uh, there could have been robust protections. Uh, however, uh, Republic Republicans uh, would not uh, would not go for it. Democrats wouldn't go for it either. Here's the bottom line. I saw that John Tester, Democrat senator from Montana, uh, tweeted out the government should not be in the business of marriage. Yes. After he votes on a piece of legislation that puts the government right in the middle of marriage. Sure. Yeah. And again, it's 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 as if our political leaders just simply don't understand what they're doing. Um, uh, same sex marriage, interracial marriage. Neither is under threat. Right. Uh, this was uh, this was uh, this is government interference. Marriage is a state issue. Well, uh, frankly, I wonder if, uh, again, with the way the court is so constructed, I wonder now uh, if 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 a if a Christian group gets standing, uh, could they sue? Uh, could they take this to the to the Supreme Court? And this law, this this uh, this. Uh, this you know uh, wrongly named uh, respect for marriage uh, uh, act uh, could it be thrown out by a by but a center right Supreme do you think Court? That's part of what what the left is doing, right? You and I have, have been, especially of course, they in recent are. Months, yes, yeah, have been they're, they're smarter than the us. Left, the left playing the long game in all of these yeah, things. Yeah, this is hundred really percent about. It's not about. You're right because because you know interracial marriage, uh, gay marriage, those are not really under threat. No, nowhere. I, there is it. It it really is. You talk about three dimensional chess being played, because part of it is to get at the idea of. It's part of the conversation I had yesterday. Uh, the idea of it used to be, and you and I have talked about this at length. You used to be able to have your own conscience and beliefs about things, and you can hold those things, and 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 you know. If the public, if somebody else wanted to force you to believe something, well, they couldn't do that. Now it really is this concept of of you will be made to care. We've had we had a whole podcast based on this. Well, um, and again, it, it, hold it, on, hold on, Jerry. Is... Let, let, let me finish my thought though, yeah. because there are two things going on here, and, and it, it 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 gets down to if they if this stands and they're able to force people to engage in actions that are in abeyance of their or, or go against their conscience. Well, that's a victory for the left. The other side of this is also that if it goes to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court overturns it, well, this is yet another example of why right. we need to pack the Supreme Court or why there needs to be a term limit on justices or why, you know, we need to protest at Supreme Court justices. By the way, we are now well past six months and we still don't know who leaked the Dobbs decision. Oh, my God. Are you following this crazy story out of the law firm in D.C., Jerry? Yes, one of their... Uh, uh retired but yet equity partners was forced uh, out was was me, told me, to me, resign let's set the stage this is uh hogan levels which is one of the largest law firms in the country um, in the world it, it, yes yes in the world um uh you know one of their partners in in their dc firm a 40 plus year career she graduated from law school uh went to harvard undergrad i don't remember where she went to law school uh, uh you know a woman 40 year partner at a major worldwide law firm voices her again her opinion and her convictions says the factual statement that 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 more black babies proportionally are aborted than white babies and that she is uncomfortable with that 
And, and yet, because people were uncomfortable or offended by her statement, she is essentially fired from, yeah, from and, her and, and, Go and, ahead. And, and she was fired without uh, due process in that uh, she was just suddenly, abruptly cut off Terminated. Yes. From, her, from her clients, from her email and, and, and these sorts of things. But look, back up, take a, take a step back. Uh, the, the phone call she was on uh, was set up by the law firm as a quote unquote safe place, safe space for women yes. to discuss the 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 horrid decision of Dobbs. Right, and so she 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 came out and said also that well, no, Dobbs is a good decision. Even liberal uh, jurists have said that uh, Roe was wrongly decided. Right, uh, this is not this is not something that is a surprise to us. Uh, and then having abortion policy go back to the states is exactly is exactly uh, where the, uh, this uh, uh, this issue should be. And then I guess later on she talked about how, and it's true, right? There, there have yeah. been uh, many years we've documented it here on uh, on, on our various podcasts. I, we've talked about it on the radio, and yeah. that is uh, in, in New York City, uh, there are more black babies aborted than born. Yes, I mean this is this is outrageous. Uh, and and it's a fact. It's it's a true thing. And because someone is made to be feel uncomfortable, well, then maybe you should ask yourself the question: You know, why are we? You know, why are we engaged in this? In this uh, in in this public discussion where Democrats, progressives, the left, the media, uh, say that abortion should be legal from conception until birth? It's it is it is it is barbarism. And, and, it is and, it and is grotesque. And let's flip that aside. Why is it that their prevailing narrative is the one that that is the upheld one, and anybody who defies that narrative uh, makes the other people feel uncomfortable, and therefore they should be driven from society? Why is it not that I am you know if someone is is shouting to the high heavens how much they love abortion, and that makes me uncomfortable because of more black babies. Are being aborted that are being aborted in New York that offends you know that concept right. you know is is makes the the idea of abortion and, disturbing to me and this is tied yeah. in with the uh, the so called um, respect marriage act because yes. we're going to get the situations where if if so if a if a policy expert if a religious leader uh, if the president of of a, of a of a sports organization says that they they believe marriage is one man one woman for life. Uh, they will be at risk of losing licenses, losing their livelihood, losing uh, nonprofit status and all the rest of it. Just recently, in the last week, uh, one of the big um, soccer clubs, football yeah. clubs in Australia, uh, hired a new president of the club. And he was forced out. He was uh, he was uh, forced to resign uh, because he's a Christian. Yes. And attends a attends a a regular, normal kind of Christian church uh, where they teach that abortion and uh, and same sex uh, activity are sinful. Right. And he was told resign from your church or resign from being president of this football club. He was forced to resign. This is where we're heading. And what bothers me, I'll just say this. What bothers me is. It used to be where you could you could hold two positions where you know I believe divorce is immoral. I mean, look, yes, in the guy just, just for my Christian friends, 
In the Gospels, Jesus says flat out that if you divorce your wife and remarry, you're living in adultery, period. So for the Christian, from Jesus' own mouth, divorce is sin. It doesn't mean that God doesn't love you. It doesn't mean there's not redemption or, or, or all the rest of it, but it's very clear it's sin. Does that mean that I want divorce to be illegal in the U.S.? Of course not. Right. Uh, and, 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 and similarly with marriage. Again, if two free people want to organize themselves in a way where they have, they're contracted to each other, then so be it. And they should and, live with dignity and 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 within and let's the law. Let's take the next step. But we're getting we're moving well, past that, though. But yes, but let's also take the next step, which is that if you are in a church and your church's doctrine says that your church is going to sanction the marriage of two people who are of the same sex or whatever, then then, then that's, so be it. That's the liberty of your church to, right. to do that. It but if there are churches, the government, you know, to make that decision. our church, our church had to rewrite its bylaws and constitution. Uh, because they are anticipating um, these lawsuits, and but, I, so, give it- so this is, but and this gets into this gets into another story, Jerry, because I want to I want to sort of you know wind this through a thread here, because we also now know this week that Sheldon Whitehouse, senator from Rhode Island, that Sheldon Whitehouse was trying to go after the tax exempt status of nonprofit organizations that were violating CDC guidelines on mask wearing. I don't know if you if you caught this. No, but but, uh, but but White House, he's a brilliant senator in that he has been going after. Again, this is kind of like Operation Choke Point from right. the Obama years. You're going after the banking and the finances of these organizations uh, 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 against which you're against their 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 ideology or their or their agenda, and he's going after them. Through licensing nonprofits, uh, the same thing. You know, this is the same guy, Senator White White House, uh, who wanted to expose all these groups that file uh, amicus briefs. Yes, uh, right. uh, that he that he disagrees with. Where right. do they get their money from? Uh, <laughs> should we question their their nonprofit status? I mean, he's a bully. He's a That's, he's a bully. And and but this is my this is the point in the end in that and tying all of these things together. We are living, and I, I said something the other day about living in a Kafka-esque world, which you know is it's talking about the absurdities of things. Um, but we are living in a world imagined by Lavrenti Beria, and Lavrenti Beria was the head of the Russian secret police, um, and he had a famous line, which is "Show me the man, and I will show you the crime." Sure. When government power is so expansive as to wind its way into every facet of everyday life, it gives those in power the ability to use very small aspects of the law to exert enormous political and sociological pressure on individuals and groups. You know, that's what they do. You know, it's funny, Jerry, because a lot of folks don't know. I, we we talk about this in terms of, I'm not overstating this in terms of, of Soviet tactics, by the way. Um, You know, Barry is probably an extreme example of all of this, but one of the things I used to talk about in the past was property rights and how the Soviet constitution guaranteed things like freedom of religion and freedom of the press. But the one thing they didn't guarantee was private property rights. So the government could threaten the, the, the property of, uh, of all kinds of people to sort of kowtow to government policy. You know, a government that is large enough to give you everything is powerful enough to take it all away. Sure. And, and so it, in this kind of an environment, right, where certain rights are guaranteed if they are chipped away at in these weird things, right? We're guaranteed freedom of speech and freedom of assembly. 
But if a group can be shut down by Sheldon Whitehouse or have their tax exempt status revoked because they don't want to wear masks at a gathering and they don't want to exercise social distancing suggestions, um, then then in fact we don't have free speech. We don't have freedom of the press. I'm no. sorry. Go ahead. And 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 also again, uh, what's bothersome about all of this uh, is, in my mind, uh, where is uh, the church? Where are the communities of faith? Where are the what C.S. Lewis called the little platoons? So this bill, this uh, respect marriage legislation, uh, was it was voted on over over actually it started months ago. Um, you yes. know, in the House of Representatives. So this this issue has been before the Congress now since the summer. Hey, well, I I, I go to church. See at my church, I'm very much involved. My wife is a uh, a, a Bible uh, a, a Bible teacher, and she's also the head of children's ministry. So we are we are embedded in our church. Uh, this never came up. You know, it's, uh, it, by the way, on the issue of little platoons, real quick. Yeah, uh, I talked with uh, David Stockman last Friday which was a, a, a amazing for me. We're going to getting him on the other podcast. We're going to try to get him on this podcast as well. David Stockman, former director of the office of management and budget under Reagan author of a book that changed my life called the triumph of politics. But I mentioned the little platoons model to him on the air. And he, he loved that. I just, as yeah. a long way to go to humble brag that I talked to David Stockman, but, but, but also but, Jerry, I was humbly but, bragging about you because it's but, your, it's your theory. But the thing or is, is that you know, our, our, our public discussion now is lacking the influence of little platoons. Look, Marvin Olasky wrote a book years and years ago, two decades ago, called The Tragedy of American Compassion. And that is it used to be where uh, Americans took care of each other, private organizations, little platoons, etc. But now the government uh, is so ubiquitous, so big, uh, interferes in so many different areas that is it, it has begun to and, and successfully is is squeezing out of the marketplace all these little platoons. But um, let me say this real quick. Yeah. You know, before the Supreme Court decision on same-sex marriage, uh, there were, I think, 36 states. Or I think I think it was 36. I have to check that. But it was, I mean, more than more more than uh, two thirds of the states already had some kind of civil union or same sex marriage recognition. Uh, Maryland did, for instance. Right. Yeah. And and during the state fights, it was very telling uh, if you watch the coalition of groups and advocates pushing for same sex marriage uh, because they would. Once they saw victory, they would begin to tell the truth. And one thing that is abundantly clear from their own literature and their own mouths is they believe uh, and they believe they will win when sexual rights butt up against religious rights. Right. They believe that sexual rights uh, will uh, will will prevail. And that's what we're seeing. We're, 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 whether it's transgenderism, whether it's this gender affirming care, whether it's abortion, uh, whether it's same sex marriage, um, it's not so much that we're becoming more liberal, and I mean liberal in the good sense, more free, yeah. yes. uh, accepting of more people. What's happening is is we're actually driving people out of their jobs and their and their livelihoods and out of the public discourse. And this is this is really the 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 tyranny of the left, which is why again. And you can comment on this is why they're so overly focused on the idea of democracy and not on and not on uh, on constitutional republicanism. Right. Right. Uh, they know right. 
that if they can convince enough people that they could have the, the the tyranny of the majority. Well, this and this gets into why they're tearing at the other foundations of sure. American republicanism, right? Why they're tearing right, at sure. American history. This not just the 1619 project, but what they're doing at Montpelier, James Madison's home, what they tried to do at uh, at uh, um, uh, Monticello, uh, Thomas Jefferson's home. What they're I actually this is a good entree into this, Jerry, because I know he was a hero to you. You were going to start an institute for this. Are you tracking what they're doing at Princeton with John Witherspoon? They they're talking John, about removing the John Witherspoon statue at Princeton. That's insane. John yeah. Witherspoon, of course, the founder of Princeton University, the only minister, the only reverend to sign the uh, the Declaration of Independence. Uh, he's a, he's a he's he he truly is a heroic founding father. And Princeton wants to remove him from the campus. Yes, I mean you know it's what's their reason. Well, their, their reason is, I, I believe, I believe Witherspoon at one time had slaves um, and who was a founding father who I guess was a white supremacist and support, you know, all, all of the usual baffle garb about how racist the founding fathers were. But but again, you know, it, 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 it it's not about right. The justification is, you know, that, you know, he did X, Y or Z. But the reality is the, the reason underpinning this is tearing at the fabric. Um, so that we don't have a common heritage in the United States. Right. It's true, and, but it's funny. Yeah. You know, if we if if we if we took them at their word, so I'm sure I'm pull this up so I can read it or any leftist any leftist organization uh, support the idea of uh, indigenous peoples' rights uh, of of uh, of going back and enforcing treaties that the United States government broke of protecting indigenous people's lands, et cetera, et cetera. Well, if slavery is this unpardonable sin, then maybe we should go back and look at uh, the behavior of, of North American indigenous people groups and how they engaged in genocide and slavery. And maybe if it turns out that, uh, that uh, the Apache or the Comanche or the Sioux or whatever people group it is engaged in slavery well maybe as a penalty they should lose their they should lose their right uh tribal status or lose their reservation lands but the point is if we're going to throw jonathan witherspoon off of the campus at princeton in new jersey well then why don't we just have this standard apply to all uh, uh, uh of the earliest americans so this is this is from the daily princetonian from a year ago um, uh, there's, you know, it, 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 entitled, sorry, Witherspoon, you need to go. And, uh, uh, the, the author writes, uh, Witherspoon, a signatory of the declaration of independence, renovator of the university and the sixth president of the university had a very complex relationship with slavery. He tutored African and African-American students yet publicly lectured and voted against the abolition of slavery. He characterized the slave trade as quote, unlawful to make inroads upon others by no better right than superior power, yet maintained his slaves, whom he left behind to his estate after he passed away. So Jonathan Witherspoon uh, engaged in the customs of the day, yes. while, at the same, while at the same time recognizing the unique humanity of, 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 Af of Africans uh, brought here as slaves. Yeah. And, and I mean, it, it sounds to me like Witherspoon's behavior towards African-Americans, towards slaves, uh, we should be rewarding him because it was his behavior and his attitude that eventually led to the abolition of slaves. Right. I mean, Again, you know, it, it, was that written by a professor? or No, a that was written by a student. 
Well, of course it was. Yes. Here's another part of the problem. Uh, it used to be where grown people would instruct growing people. And now it's the we we have we have oh, so listen. we have we, we have so um we've made youth uh, into a god in this country uh, listen, and, it, I, it, it, I, and it's time to tell I've young people before, your brain isn't fully and I've said yet. it again uh, uh making you know moving the voting age from eight from twenty one to eighteen is a mistake that needs to be, I, listen I say this and people say I think I say this as a joke I don't say this as a joke I mean I laugh about it. Uh, certainly I don't think the voting age should be reduced from 18 to 16, which a number of folks have been trying to do around the country, all progressive Democrats. But the justification for lowering the voting age from 21 to 18 was when we had active conscript conscription, we had a draft going on. And I get it. If you're going to, if, if you're going to draft an 18 year old uh, to go in and die for your country, then that 18 year old should have some kind of say. Well, now we have an all volunteer army. So guess what? The justification for voting age being 18 has gone out the window. And as we move up and we skew upwards the age of adolescence from right. 18 to 21 to, for all kinds of things, right? Beer. Well, not just that, it's 26. But it's 26 for healthcare. Yeah. It's funny. This would never happen. But I wonder sometimes if. If if you're a citizen and you receive eighty percent of your livelihood from the government, uh, from the feds, from the state, from local, if if it's you know Section Eight housing, welfare payments, if it's SNAP, you know food stamps, if it's um, uh, wraparound services in public schools, right. etc., uh, m- maybe there maybe there ought to be a like how are they voting? Um, right, right, Jerry, time out for with, a second. Let me with, give with, you, me give with, you the with, analog, right? If we are yeah. moving down the road, as we should, of outlawing members of Congress from trading stocks while they're in office, yes. or we have very strict laws and ethics codes about sure. uh, about elected officials being able to profit from their offices, right? You don't right. want anybody, right? Then we have to ask the question, uh, you know, if people are profiting off of their vote, right? When you rob Peter to pay Paul, you will always have the support of Paul. It just goes right. down that road. Um, and, and so the question then becomes, is there not some kind of uh, ethical inequity uh, if folks are voting to put money in their own pockets at the expense of somebody else? Right. You know, it, it's it's that. And, and, and again, also, right, bring, it comes down it, to democracy. It, yeah. Bring it bring it to the next step, too. Uh <clears throat> You know what? You know what? If I have children uh, who are still on my health insurance up to the age of twenty six, right? Can they go and vote on 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 uh, you know f- uh, for Bernie Sanders who wants uh, who wants to 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 make it so they can stay on my insurance until age thirty? Yeah. I mean, again, I I do think you know again we, with freedom uh, with citizenship, there's also some responsibility. Uh, and again, it seems like we we hear a lot about voter suppression and and uh let's support democracy and everyone go out and vote uh but i mean maybe we should have a converse a national conversation on on uh, how folks I'll, I'll give you an example so eric is watching the news today my beautiful wife eric is watching the news today and and uh one of the reporters uh asks um one of the reporters asks uh the white house spokesperson um when is uh, the president going this to is, going visit, to visit the border? Right, and she says, "Well, he he's been to the border." Yes, but no, he hasn't. Yes, my my point is is that 
there are tens of millions of Americans. Uh, I'll engage over Thanksgiving or, or over dinner. Say, hey, uh, to my mother-in-law, to uh, to a cousin or a friend, and say, hey, you know, we have a border crisis. The, the president really should get down there at least to show that he is uh, empathetic and understands there's a problem. Well, what do you mean, Jerry? He's been to the border. Well, yes. no, he hasn't. He 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 hasn't been to the border. Well, Jerry, I, let me I, let me hold I, on. I was watching the news, and the news says he was. Let My me, point is, you know, when you know, yeah. uh, th- there seems to be people who vote and have no idea what they're voting on. That's right. Well, hold on. Let me let me pull this up, Jerry. Um, this is this is Corinne Jean Pierre uh, in a colloquy with with, uh, with Peter Ducey. Uh, Kevin McCarthy says that he invited President Biden down to the border. How does the president RSVP? (laughs) (laughs) We know know the president's never been down to the border. The possible next speaker says that he wants him to go with him. So is he going to? So look, uh, he's been there. He's been to the border. uh, And since he took office... When when did he go to the border? Since he took office, the President Biden has been uh, taking action to fix our immigration system and secure our border. What action? That's why on day one, he put forward an immigration uh, immigration reform, a piece of legislation uh, to deal with uh, what is currently happening at the border. Uh, but, you know, that we're not seeing that from Republicans. We're not seeing a willingness to work with us on, on um, you know, fixing a situation that's been around uh, for decades now. Uh, instead, they're, they're doing um, political stunts. Uh, that's what they want to do. That's how they want to take care of the situation. Uh, but in, in the meantime, you know, the president has secured record levels of funding for the Department of Homeland Security. We have over 23,000 agents working to secure the border. We've taken thousands of smugglers off the streets. And we're co- cutting down on asylum pro- pro- processing uh, times. And a number of individuals arriving. Does she even know what she's saying? From northern no, she's reading. America and Venezuela is coming down significantly because of the action she, she reads as if she has no understanding of the words yeah, she's hold on. reading oh i guess i guess that's it so so she doesn't actually answer uh the question and and that's you know it's it's interesting because this gets into the other topic i wanted to talk about today jerry which is this issue of 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 laziness right she thinks that they're not going to check up on this or that nobody's going to call her on this no no uh, one will last, call her on it well last week there was the there was the the whole situation with asking folks in the healthcare environment about the uh, the origin of covid and and she actually got angry at the reporters who dared to ask that question there are reporters who are asking those questions but so many of them are not that you know it listen i think it's again it's it's the snake eating the the tail but the thing is Sorry. is that i mean you know uh, you know big deal you asked the question uh because, you know, if again, if a tree falls in the forest and there's no one there to hear it, you know, did it make a sound? I mean, the problem is, is that, again, going back to our we started the 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 24 seven news cycle uh, requires that there's lots of clickbait and lots of quick stories and lots of did you hear this or see that? And there's very little, if any investigative reporting or follow-up reporting and very few uh, reporters are actually expert in the fields they cover well here is part of the problem right and this is this is this is you know on the conservative side of things holding progressives accountable the only good investigative work is being done by conservative organizations that sort of have that that uh, that you know conservative moniker attached to it so the mainstream media is going to discount it automatically. Part of the reason why we 
we're talking about this is I raised a, a story with Jerry right before we went on the air, which is a, a, a story that I've been looking at the last couple of days, but of, you know, the, the same things have been repeated. Joe Biden leaves Nantucket on Sunday. On Monday, the five vehicles or five of the vehicles that the Secret Service rented on Nantucket, the day after Joe Biden leaves, five of the vehicles that were rented caught on fire and burned to the ground. And all we know is that five vehicles burned to the ground. We don't know why. We don't know where it started. Uh, we don't, you know, so we, we don't have any of, of the pertinent details, right? And it's the president of the United States who just left vacation. And we don't know if it's sabotage. We don't know if it's that because one of the vehicles was under a recall and it could have been an electric vehicle that caught on fire. And is, uh, is it not being right? It, it lends itself to talking about conspiracy theories, which is part of the problem that we have, right? Whether or not it is reporters not asking about election slowdowns in terms of counting or being stonewalled on those right. or the Paul yeah. Pelosi story and pertinent details being left out. Um, you know, there was anyway, I'm sorry, there, there was, the, you know, there was this big debate that Matt Taibbi and I want to say uh, Charles Murray just had uh, over over the lack of uh, the lack of quality journalism happening. Anyway, go ahead, Jerry. Well, I was going to say this. The the, the question uh, is less important than the follow up. So right. that's that's what's lacking. So, if, uh, you know, again, we'll hear, see, read myriad stories about a mass shooting yes and it'll last two or three or four days depending if the if if it has the correct left narrative it'll go on forever but after a couple three days if the narrative can't be leveraged by the left the story's dropped and we never find find out what happened why right what's the family background what's how did they get the weapon we never find these things out uh, the same is true. Like again, this uh, same same sex marriage bill. Yeah, there was. Uh, I think the Heritage Foundation had a very good a- a- analysis of it, and uh, a-, a couple of places, the Federalist and some other places, did some pieces on it. But there was no follow up. There was no. Uh, there was no examination. Our public discourse today lacks examination uh, by both the right and left. The, the the right is guilty of this too. I mean, go to, I challenge you, go to any of the think tanks that we follow uh, and look and see how how frequently uh, their websites are updated. You know, uh, yeah. you know, are they producing uh, uh, new research and commentary on a daily basis? No, they're not. Uh, first, second, what about all the events and podcasts and seminars and salon dinners and uh, and conferences? Uh, where where can I go uh, right now to find out where uh, all the best conferences are on immigration? It doesn't I, exist. I, I, I'm, so I'm, my, I'm, my point is, yes, it, it, it doesn't I'm, I'm exist. Waiting, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for real clear calendars, Jerry. Well, I mean, but but, but here's the thing yeah. that, that is. So, so we have this this industrial think tank complex yeah. on the right uh, that has billions of dollars, Andrew. And I'll I'll ask you this question. Are we better off today than 10 years ago, than 20 years ago? We've spent more money on public policy in terms of think tanks. But what have the think tanks accomplished? This is is a perennial. This is a conversation you and I had over the summer. And then a conversation that I had with a former colleague of ours from CEI who asked that very question of me over dinner one night while I was on vacation. 
And, and, you know, that I think that is a, a legitimate question to ask. You know, we are at the same time, we are losing the little platoons battle, right? We are losing the large engagement battles as well. I want to, I want to go back to this, uh, this story just real quick, because so the Detroit free press is reporting on it because obviously it's Detroit. So they're reporting on cars. So they're saying that the fire may have started in this Ford expedition and that apparently the 2021 Ford expedition is under a recall notice because engine fires can start. This Jerry may be the first time I've ever heard of, of a vehicle owned by or not owned by because it wasn't owned by the secret service but a vehicle under the control of the secret service ever sort of getting caught up in a vehicle recalls suspicious fire situation um i mean i guess i suppose it was just a matter of time before it happened but again because there isn't all this reporting on it and you don't have somebody sort of on the ground uh, and nobody's doing the follow-up we're not getting it out there Sorry, Jerry's uh, Jerry's pull. Anyway, I was gonna I was gonna say something else. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm doing two things at once. I know you are. I know you are. It's fine. It's just it is a it is it is just it is a crazy story. Um, and again, not saying anything nefarious, but let's assume for a moment, as I always like to go back. To although, it. although, although, just for just for uh, for fun and giggles, I don't I don't think it's a big story. I told you this off when, when we started. Okay, but this is where I was going to, Jerry. But okay. if if there were if if five vehicles had caught on fire under the donald trump presidency you know let's say that they were down at mar-a-lago and five vehicles down at mar-a-lago caught on fire yeah again it would be a it would be a big story um if would if, it if, yes it would be the press Why? would be all over it because oh my god what's going on what did donald trump do how is this donald trump's fault would be would be the way that they sort of go down this road uh this is clearly this is clearly a White House that is right. The, the story would be um, uh, the because the White House is in such chaos. Uh, the Secret Service has lost their edge uh, and they're being compromised, and the safety of the White House is being compromised uh, because of something right that Donald Trump did. Remember, this is um, this is the same press that uh, uh, said that Donald Trump couldn't handle not COVID. Um, oh no no no! It was the ones that said that that the Republicans were responsible for Ebola because they wouldn't uh, uh, support uh, the you know Obama's nominee for Surgeon General. The press is going to write a story. It's just it, it is it is going to be a thing. All I'm saying is we talk about consistency here. Listen, I want I want to shift gears because I want to talk about holiday stuff, and I've got a brand new TV recommendation that Jerry is going to disagree with. What is it? I've been, watching... little, I've been a little disappointed with your recommendations. Oh, no, no, I know this. I know. I started watching. What was the Paul... last one? Uh, oh, the last one was Reboot. You hate it. I didn't like Be it. Between Reboot and Fly on the Wall, the, the, the Fly on the Wall podcast. You haven't liked that. Well, the Fly on the Wall podcast I still listen to yeah. because I I like Dana Carvey uh, and I like uh, David Spade. I think they're funny. And I do like some of the, the stories about yes. or, or the early days of saturday night live they do have good guests yes well they I mean, they've guests. had chris rock they've had chris rock on so i guess i guess with fly on the wall my expectation was so high for yeah. it and maybe i should have just gone into it uh, uh with, sure. a, with a with a hey this, yeah, re this may reboot, you just, reboot you just didn't plan like i understand this but so the new show the new what show yeah. tulsa king oh i love it 
All right, good. Okay. Oh, Rowan it's fantastic. Are you joking? Yeah. It's yeah. fantastic. I, I watched the first episode last night and well, I'm great. all in. I'm oh, very... It's great. Folks, this is this new series by Taylor Sheridan who did does Yellowstone and uh, the Mayor of Kingstown. And he did a bunch of good movies. Hell or High Water is one of my favorites. Um, yes, that's a, that, that's a, that's great. Isn't that a great movie? Uh, with um, uh, with Chris uh, was Pine Tom, and Tom Hardy. No, no, no. With uh, no, Tom Hardy. Chris Pine and it, Ben it Foster. Was... That's right, Ben Foster. Yeah. That is a really good movie. If you haven't you see? seen that now one, we're back again. There we're we back go. together again. So so Tulsa King, um, um, Sylvester Stallone plays a mobster who was in the in prison for 25 years. Yep. Um, and he is exiled to Tulsa. And it's so great how he sort of he's starting to take over the city. Um, the one although there's a there's a there's a twist in in the second episode, which I didn't like. Okay, well, I haven't I haven't watched but, this but yet, but so. it's only because I've watched enough TV movies now, read enough books where where I don't like it when they write in a conflict that that is not organic. Like yeah. you know, you know what I mean? Like like even sure. Peaky Blinders. I love the Peaky Blinders. Yes, but then um, all I of a haven't sudden seen, all yeah, of a sudden I haven't seen the last episode, the last uh, season yet. But okay, but, but before yeah. the last season when he goes to parliament and he hooks up with the neo Nazi. Yeah. Yes. yes, what the yeah. heck's yeah. going on? I agree. Right? I agree. Yes. That so was so stupid. Even was... um I, I mean uh like other shows like um I watched a couple of seasons like when Happy of... Days goes to LA and fucks yeah. or no. Yeah, yeah. oh yeah, or, or when when Richie married uh Laura Beth. Yeah, Lori Beth. Lori Beth uh and f- the Fonz stood in as proxy. Yes. Yeah. What? What? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they were, really? They were, he's in Green. He's by in that point, they really had. They had literally jumped the shark by that point. Oh so, yeah. So so um so Tulsa King recommended. Cannot recommend it highly enough. All right. I want to ask you. So have you started getting? You know, did you have you guys gotten your Christmas uh, decorations? Uh, up. God bless you. Thank so you. we purposefully right, wait until after. God bless you. Yeah. We purposefully wait until after the day after um Thanksgiving. Uh, the days after Thanksgiving. So what we've done is we've uh, we were going to get our Christmas trees uh, sun, the Sunday after Thanksgiving, but if you recall, it was a horrible no good rain. Oh day. yes, I do. And so what we decided to do that was that was this past Sunday. What we decided to do was we're spending this week getting the house ready for decoration. So Erica has uh, the hollies going up, the mistletoe is up, uh, the mantle decorations are up. Um, uh, uh, and, uh, and, and, and we're going to decorate this week. I'll probably put the lights on up, uh, today or tomorrow. Uh, but this Sunday, uh, we're going to one mail our lists to Santa Claus. Nice. Uh, and, uh, and the big reveal, no one has revealed their list yet. So Sunday is going to be the big reveal and we will go out and get a Christmas tree. We're going to get trees. Um, we usually get a big tree for the family room, a smaller tree for the front parlor for okay. the, for the yes. uh, uh, for, you know, for, for the family room and then a, a, a smaller tree. Uh, we call it the white tree because we just put white lights on it. And then we'll, you know, I want a Christmas tree in my bedroom this year. Okay. <laughs> I told Eric I want to get a small, uh, a real tree to put into the corner because I know Christmas is all about the birth of Jesus. I get yes. that, but because I'm a human being and because I have five children and because I have a mortgage and tuition payments, Christmas also brings with it some stress, some anxiety. Yeah, uh, financial stress sure. and anxiety. And I know that consumerism and we shouldn't 
uh, we shouldn't bow to that. But you know what? We're only human. One of the pleasures, though, that 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 I that that is still a pleasure for me as a grown up is shutting all the lights off. A hundred percent. Putting the lights on and putting Christmas music on yeah. and just sitting and abiding and relaxing and not worrying. And so I'm trying this year, Andrew, uh, our modern culture has it that we are all of us in a constant low grade stress, a constant right. low grade anxiety. And it's not how God wants us to live. We're not meant to live this way. And so I'm trying this Christmas season really to be mindful of anxiety and stress, and, and I'm trying to give it give it away. Uh, we'll yeah. see how how that works out. Well, you know, sitting in front of the, I mean, that, it's one of those things. Putting on the Christmas music, sitting in front of the lights, um, you know, that's something my my wife and I have been doing since we started dating in college yeah. years yeah. ago. You know, we now have a second tree up, uh, which we've never done before. We bought a, a couple of years ago um, for the room that one that our daughters were using as study rooms during COVID. We put up, a, they had them put up a tree in there. Um, we were under a bit of a time constraint because this is the first year that we're empty nesters. And with both kids going back to college on Sunday after Thanksgiving, we wanted to get our, our, our stuff together yeah. uh, and, and up. So we actually got the trees up um, and we do artificial trees now. You know, we, we've, we sort of got, got out of the habit of getting real trees a few years back. Uh, and, you know, apart from the pine smell, there's a convenience factor that, that is at work here. I did not, Jerry, you will be proud of me. I don't think I've told you about this. I, I have not gotten the Christmas lights up outside. I installed a security light outside. Did I tell you about this? You did. Yes, I did. Yes, yes. yes. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not known as a handy guy. I'm not, you know, I got one brother who's really good at doing household repairs. I got another brother who does woodworking and other kinds of things. But I actually got a, a security a, a light installed outside. We had a, when my mom and my dad and my mom's friend came over and we were getting my mom reloaded in the car. Cause I think I, you know, I told you my mom is uh, confined to a wheelchair nowadays. Um, and just out on my, I, I made the mad dash on Thanksgiving to replace the light bulbs above our front door. Yeah. Because we, we basically, um, I'll say it out of, you know, each of our sconces has, you know, has room for three light bulbs and only one light bulb was working on one side. I just let it go. Yeah, you could replace the light bulbs. No, no, I did. That's what all I right, did. Right, I, I, right. but that's on the front of the house. The driveway and the garage are on the side of the house. And so there was this just dark spot where my we were trying to load my mom into the car. And so we're all out there. So I wound up getting and 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 installing a um a, a, a light. We've talked about this before. I don't think we've talked about this on the podcast because we're coming up on our first anniversary. Um, favorite uh you know, we we talked about Thanksgiving and TV, uh Christmas TV movies. Have you oh, seen I mean, the new Christmas story movie yet? No, not yet. Although I'll I'll admit this, I was never a big fan of the original. I agree. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So but I want to watch the re I want to watch the yeah, me too. I'll, but I'll have to watch the original and then watch the second one again. Um, Christmas for me, it, uh, uh, I love Christmas Carol. Yeah. Um, I and I, I and there are very there are various uh, iterations of it that I enjoy. I like Miss I like the Mister Magoo here, here. cartoon. Right. I, I I subject my family to Mister Magoo Christmas <laughs> yeah, Carol. I don't know if you know this, by the way. Yeah. The Mister Magoo Christmas Carol, um, which if you haven't seen it, is a show within a show. 
Right. Yes. So it's not just him, but it's it's him doing a, a musical version of the Christmas Carol on Broadway. Um, music written by Julie Stein, who is a very famous Broadway composer, uh, worked with Stephen Sondheim, worked with uh, Rodgers and Hammerstein and others. So a a a brilliant composer, uh, Julie Stein. So I I love it. And and there are videos, Jerry. Here's one of my things that I I want to do at some point. Before COVID, there was one organization that every year, every other year was doing a live version of Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol on uh, oh, off no Broadway kidding. in New York City. Yeah, 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 it yeah, is yeah. something that obviously lends itself well to a live production. I want to go see that. But anyway, go yeah. ahead. No, but I, 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 but but there are other um, Christmas Carol uh, iterations that I like. I like the Jim Carrey. Um, uh, yeah. I no. like that. I do like it. I like uh, I like the older versions, um, you know, black and white. Um, I don't like some of the more modern ones. I, you know, I, I Bill Murray Scrooge. Eh, it's all right. Oh, I love Scrooge. I, I, I don't I dislike Scrooged. it. I don't dislike it, but it's not it's it's, it's not a must. If it's on, I'll watch it. Yeah. Uh, but there are other there are other shows or movies that are much a watch for me. Like, I know it's cliche, but my favorite movie of all time and still my favorite movie uh, is um, it's it's a wonderful life. Yeah. I just I, I love it. It's it's and not it, not a success when it first came out. You know what I watched uh, uh, over the weekend was the original Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. Yes, wonderful with right? Evan Gwen and and, and uh, Natalie Wood, and and that 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 you know got me right here. Yeah, but also but, but, but what I love about it too because it. Uh, it aged well. Yes, uh, men with hats and the and even the New York uh, accent of the Manhattan accent. Sure. Yes. I mean it's 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 um and well, the, the kid from Brooklyn. Scene. Yeah, yeah, and right, yes, and yeah. and but also the um the rivalry between Gimbel's and Macy's. People sure. don't realize, you know, there is uh in the old Gimbel's building in Manhattan. Uh, there is a one of the few remaining uh building bridges yeah oh yeah there's a there's a bridge that connects two buildings and uh what it is is uh during the heyday of the gimbals macy's wars gimbals was expanding and they bought a building across the street so 34th street whatever right. you know, you know down, sure. down there and they wanted to connect the two sure. buildings yes. because it was it was gimbals and today it's still there but it costs you know it cost uh, uh, uh the budget was huge and these great architect uh, architects had to, had to be engaged in it, but again, the original uh, captures that kind of Macy's Gimbel's uh, right. relationship. That the second one, the second one's not bad, but but it's um, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. By the second one, that. you mean the modern one with with Attenborough as Santa Claus? Yes. You don't mean the David Hartman one from the seventies, which nobody remembers that there was a version of it with David Hartman from the nineteen seventies. That is just absolutely listen. It is like it is like. It is as different from the original as Billy Jack goes to Washington is as different as Mr. <laughs> Mr. Smith goes to Washington. David Hartman, wasn't he a... a, a good Morning was, America. Yeah, Good Morning America. Yes, he was. He was there was a, a, a version with him. Uh, I'm a huge fan of the Charlie Brown Christmas special. In fact, oh, of course. I will yes, sit there course. and listen to the soundtrack as I'm looking at the oh, lights yeah, yeah, yeah. on the tree. Well, that's another thing, too, is Christmas music. I love all kinds of Christmas music. I don't like some of the... There's a remake now of the John Lennon uh, Christmas song, which I think is just horrible. But I like to listen to uh, Celtic music, uh, old oh, sure. English uh, hymns uh, and carols. I love the kind of 1950s 
Darlene Love and, and, and the, Elvis the Presley tune, music. Jerry, the tune "Happy Christmas War Is Over" if you want it, later used in the in the in the New York City area commercials. Come back to Jamaica. I swear to God, same tune. <laughs> you go, you go, you go and look that up on 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 YouTube. I mean, I, um, I could tolerate the John Lennon original, but this this remake is just it's horrible. So prefer wonderful christmas time by paul mccartney to uh to yeah. john lennon's happy christmas wars over if you want it i um, prefer paul mccartney uh period yeah yes over john over john lennon yes especially the post beatles work um yeah. no for me I, I you know i still come back to i said this on the air on friday um my it, it's it's it he says he swears up and down that it's not a christmas tune um but uh, uh i've um, I believe in Father Christmas as opposed to Father Christmas by the Kings. I believe yeah. in Father Christmas by both Greg Lake and then later Emerson Lake and Palmer. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, he he wrote it really as sort of a piece hymn. Um, and it, in some ways it can be a little cynical, but it's got this great sentiment, um, which is I wish you a, a, a hopeful Christmas. I wish you a brave new year. All anguish, pain, and sadness leave your heart and let your road be clear. I love that line. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I, that's usually the very first Christmas song that I will play. Um, then I like the full, the full range of novelty. Yeah, me too. Ones. I've been, I've been playing Christmas music uh, since even before Thanksgiving. Ah, uh, it drove my me. kids crazy. I did. I love it. I listened to it today in the car. I had it on Spotify. Uh, I like that Wash FM is now in full sure. holiday, uh, holiday songs. And the Christian station WGTS is also playing Christmas songs. I, I love Christmas. I love Christmas songs. I love family. Um, I will tell I you what need, kicks I, it off for my family, yeah. for like my my brothers and for for with my brothers. What kicks off the Christmas holiday is Dominic the Donkey. Erica hates that song. I like it. <laughs> I, my brothers and I love it, <laughs> and it's one of those the things Italian where Christmas donkey. It hee-haw, was made, It was made big on Z100 in New York. Yes, but after I stopped listening to Z100 and switched over to uh, to uh, uh, 102.7 WNEW. What, what are the What are the newer movies that aren't all new? I mean, I like the I like the Santa Claus Claus movie. Well, they got uh, a new movies. one coming out, right? They got a couple of these. Well, it's a TV show now. I think it's a streaming show now. Oh, listen, we just watched the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, oh, and really? I I enjoyed that immensely. I mean, listen, it's right. not. It got I, 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 a reviewer that I listened to said it was really good, so maybe I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll no, I I, I enjoyed that. We 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 put sort of it to the girls. Do you want to watch the Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special or the the um, the sequel to the Christmas Story? Uh, they they chose the, yeah, yeah. the guardian. What about what about uh what about um family vacation Christmas? You know, all right, I'm gonna admit this on the air, Jerry. I have never seen Christmas Vacation. Really? I've never seen it. I can't believe you that. know, I, I I in fact I didn't see European How's that vacation possible? until many years after European vacation came out. Like and I've they, seen Vegas and now vacation. you wish you didn't see it, right? It, was, I love- it wasn't very good. I love Vegas Vacation. Vegas Vacation is a great movie. You should watch. You should tonight. You should watch uh, uh, Christmas Vacation. No, so tonight we're watching the next two episodes of Tulsa King. <laughs> right. I mean, if I have to make that choice, uh, Tulsa King versus, uh, um, you know, what's, actually speaking of Christmas songs real quick, because I just was reminded of one that I hadn't thought of in a while. But uh, 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 Glad Tidings by Van Morrison is one that I never. Hey, you, did you, know, you do your Spotify wrap up? Okay, so I I don't do Spotify. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, well, my, I, my, I, my, uh, my number one artist was Van Morrison. Uh, that doesn't surprise me. No, yeah, I, yeah. I do. I, I use Amazon Music. I wonder if they have this something similar, um, because I'm already paying for it. So, yeah, I do. You know, with or or I have the stuff that I've already have loaded onto my onto my phone. So, All right. so we've got Jerry. We've got a one year anniversary coming up. Uh, we've got to do some stuff in DC over the holidays. You're getting, you're getting, you're getting invitations right and left. Any, any, uh, any parties that you and I could broadcast from putting you on I the spot know, maybe. here. So, so a lot of the think tanks, um, uh, holiday parties, but I don't like going to these things. I know you don't. I'm, I, I'm such a, uh, uh, stay at home. I was invited to a, uh, and I, maybe I should have gone, uh, but, um, now that you know being editor of real clear policy i'm getting invited to these news organizations their new member meetings nice or their new member receptions yeah but again like what do i care well you know I go to, uh, seriously, so I, I go i go to the hill uh and and go to a reception with new members of congress what what do i care about these new members of congress well, you, Jerry, you gotta gotta get to know them. You gotta network. They gotta get to more to the point. They gotta get to know you. That's that's the important thing. Well, then let, let them find me. Then I'm going to a uh, I'm going to a <laughs> thing. Uh, I'm going to a a, a pre Hanukkah happy hour on Tuesday. I'm 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 excited Excellent. for that. That uh, uh, you know, former Hill and administration officials are putting together. So I'm, I'm one I'm of my favorite that. holiday songs. Uh, oh, the uh, the Hanukkah song. Yeah, the not the dreidel song. Yes, I like I like, well, I like Dreidel too. You know, I grew up. You know, remember when we moved from the Bronx to Jersey? Fairlawn was predominantly Orthodox Jewish. Yes, and so we had music class. Remember the old days we had music class? Sure, had music of class. Course. Oh yeah, so music class. And at, during the holiday time, uh, we would learn all these Jewish uh, Hanukkah songs. Well, you learned Dreidel, Dreidel, learn the Dreidel song. I mean, that's really the only one. No, there were other songs. Oh, oh there was I, Happy Times Are Here for the Festival of Lights. Those are probably the other one you learned. As I'm looking down, I don't know. Those are there the only some, two that I, yeah. What? There was some, I, I'll, I'll get a list. So, um, yeah, I, but I remember other songs from music class in elementary school, you know, ones that I've tried to find that I, that I can't find anymore. The one that you actually, the one, your... I, you will, the one you will probably know is uh, Molly Malone. Yes. Well, and, uh, yes. Yes. Cockles and muscles alive, yeah. alive. Oh, alive, alive, alive. Oh. All right, Gerald. So what do you want? To, you're, what do you want? What's your schedule? Selling her wares. Um, Cockles and muscles. I'm on, I'm on Sunday, my show, the Jerry Rogers show on WBAL. I'm filling in, I think, Monday. Uh, Monday's whatever the date is. What is it? Monday five, is six, the 5th. Monday the 5th. Um, I'm filling in uh, 10 to 2. I might be, I might go to the city on Monday because uh, one of the, one of the think tanks that I really do, uh, appreciate it's their holiday party and and my uh my uh my uh daughter's boyfriend is now a research uh, fellow there a research awesome. assistant there so i don't know we'll see so I uh, you need keep me apprised of these things so here's here's my schedule real quick over the next couple of weeks um i wait, am wait, wait, time out wait wait i got my pen let me write this down yeah write it down yeah, go go. Uh, go write it down <laughs> uh, I am I am going to be in for uh, Larry O'Connor uh, hosting O'Connor and Company the week of December twelfth, so uh, five a.m. to nine a.m. Eastern time uh, on WMAL. It streams everywhere. You got to go check that out. Uh, then later on in the month, I'm in for Derek Hunter on the Derek Hunter Show the twenty third of December, and then all of the week between Christmas and New Year's, uh, nine a.m. to noon. Uh, that's also WCBM, but also nationally syndicated. Uh, check that check that out 
Um, by the way, uh, the Lunch Hour podcast, this week's episode is uh, Mary Miller, Congresswoman from Illinois. Uh, next week, John McCown, uh, who is a, a shipping expert. We're talking about supply chain issues. And then the week, again, the week of the 12th, um, this obscure gentleman who you may have heard of, you may not have heard of, his name is Jerry Rogers. Uh, he oh, yeah, joins right. the uh, Lunch Hour that podcast. Was fun, wasn't it? I'm surprised that you haven't aired that already. It'll be your number one show. Uh, I, I'm hoping it's going to be the number one show. That's why it's the last one in the in the hopper right now. So we're we're, we're you know we're saving the saving the best one for that. But we got recording more shows there. Uh, so check check that out. Uh, leave a review here if you love love what you hear on Andrew and Jerry Save the World. Leave a review. Tell your friends. Tell your neighbors. Tell your friends' neighbors. Tell your neighbors' friends. Jerry, what and do you need people to do? Find the truth. Plant your feet and stand firm. God bless you. Have a great week, everybody. Have fun and please stay safe.